The review podcast, yeah. Boom. Shakalaka, boom. Uh, hi, Bree. Hi, Anthony. Oh man, uh, welcome to the review podcast. My name is Anthony, and I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies, and then we review movies. We choose a movie that one of us has seen at least one time, and then we sit down in our little podcasting room which is this little extra room that we have in our house full of funko pops and a giant display of our seating chart for our wedding and that will one day become a nursery one day maybe not anytime soon but one day um then anthony will be sad because he doesn't have his own room yeah i've kind of taken over this room to do what i want to move his clothes into a different room probably our guest room instead Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which Anthony wanted the guest room to be the nursery because it's closer to our room. And I said, that makes sense. But then this room would become the guest room and it's bigger. You want the kid to have the biggest room. When they're a baby? Well, do you want to paint a room <laughs> twice? No, but I don't know. Then we'd have to move that big bed in here. <sighs> I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that again. I don't want to like, have to change my ways. I'm an American. I don't have to. Ignorance American people. Pew. Hak tui. America. Hak tui. No, no, no. Um, anyway, hi. Welcome to the Review Podcast. Um, gosh, I did the intro and I try to change it up every time we do the intro a little bit. Uh, maybe we go a little bit faster with the intro one day. Maybe we go a little slower. Maybe Bree does the intro one day and, and we forgets switch. halfway through. Yeah, what the and intro then I have to take over to once again, <laughs> as normally as is tradition. Um, yeah, we we come into uh, our our podcast studio and we just gab about the movie, all of the stuff that we love about the movie. I got um, the gift to gab, everybody. Yes, yes. You know, Bree, I have to tell you. I have to tell you, we're about um, 10 months, a little over 10 months into the podcast being a thing. I think we started it in, in January of 22, right? So like we're almost at a year and we're about 10 months in. This is, I believe, the 39th episode that'll come out of the review podcast. So sometimes I, I do my due diligence and I... Uh, listen back to some of our previous podcasts um, to see, you know, just how far we've come and some of the stuff that uh, that we've talked about in the past. And I went way back when, and I tried my darndest to listen to the Halloween 3 podcast, Brie. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. The audio is just so horrible. And it's not like we've mastered audio, but... <laughs> We've gotten no. a little bit better, I, I have to imagine. Anthony asked me the other day, because um, we got like a little bit of money, and he's like, oh, can I buy new microphones with it? And I said, no, honey, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be like a $500 investment, so I am slowly beginning the process of putting money away for that. Um, just I will here, not be. Here and there, <laughs> here and there you know, anything um, extra I get. I will not be, as I... I'm just trying to take a breather and relax. 
Yes, we are T minus when this comes out. We'll days. be well, well right 20. now as of this recording, we're twenty one days, but we'll be fourteen days away from the wedding when this releases. And you can hear me like crying in the background because I'm just like I want it to be over, but like I'm not ready. And like these next couple weekends, I have to actually like focus and do stuff. But then I'm also like so busy these next couple weekends. Well, that's how I feel, too, because it's like I just had a meeting with my master's thesis advisor and she wants me to revise a hell of a lot of my first two chapters of my master's and I'm trying to devote the time to it, but it's really tough these days to get the time. I Normally, when I worked on my master's stuff, my classwork... I utilize my free periods at school. Now he doesn't have any. And now I don't really have any anymore. Um, I feel like I'm just running around so often that I yeah. don't really have the time. How about me? Um, I don't have any free time during the day because mm-hmm. I decided to work through my lunch to get paid extra money. And now I'll be staying an extra hour after work to earn extra money. Yeah, I know. Whatever we can do, right? Whatever I can do to, like, have some extra money. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like my... I don't know why last year and the year before, it felt like my free periods. Like, I did... I I had so much time on my hands to, like, get stuff done uh, school-wise and work-wise. And now I feel like, even though I have the same amount of free periods, they're different in my schedule. But I feel like I'm doing so much more than I'm like running around everywhere or I have, I'm have i getting backed up on grading. Oh, no. I've, I feel that as like I push myself to get like everything done um, and graded and everything. And I just gave my parents progress reports and there's probably so many messages on my computer from parents asking about Don't even check them. Progress Not right reports. Now. And I'm like, I don't even want to <laughs> check it. <laughs> Um, but all in all, have you been, have you been enjoying your school year so far? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, on yesterday, one of my parents brought cupcakes and chips because it was her son's birthday, but then another parent brought every kid a McDonald's happy meal. I didn't even question you about this yet, but (laughs) yesterday she sends me a Snapchat halfway through the day of of her eating eating a McDonald's cheeseburger. And I thought to myself, where did she get a McDonald's cheeseburger? And I never thought to ask you about it until right now. 21 Happy Meals with cheeseburgers. And I have one kid who doesn't eat McDonald's. So he... There she goes. She sneezed. Um, so I, I took that Happy Meal and I was like, okay, this is my Happy Meal. For <laughs> Did you take the toy? No, I gave him the toy. Oh, okay. You would have been like, a monster. I said, I'm like, you don't want the hamburger and the french fries and the apple and the juice, but do you want the toy? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, here's the toy. Um, and then I want- What like, was the toy? A little Mater toy, like a car. From cars? Thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so all the kids were really happy yesterday and they're like, this is the best- class ever and i'm like i didn't even do that like <laughs> i'll take it though i'll take it though <laughs> i was like i didn't do nothing uh and then we have like my um in my room one of my students has a one-on-one aid and she brought a huge bag of takis like so it's just like so for individual t- bags of t- big bag of individual bags of takis but then she's like oh they're having too much she's like let's save this also now for- you just have the takis in your room yeah. for a rainy day I'll probably give it out on Monday. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, it's been like Snack City. And we had a birthday the day before on Thursday. There was also a birthday. And so we had cupcakes. We don't do that in the high school study because they're on like a, a 45 minute class period. So they take like six classes or seven well, classes. How are they supposed to bring How are they supposed for- to, unless you want to bring it to your homeroom? But I don't know. The kids in my homeroom, because it's the way we structure homerooms at the school that I work at is that it's. Uh, a mix of different uh, classes. So you have some freshmen, some sophomores, some juniors, some seniors. And, you know, I've been trying my hardest between this year and last year because we stick with the same homeroom every year. Um, and then we just add new freshmen in when the year starts. But I tried hard to build community with the kids, um, and, like have them interact with each other. But, you know, they have their own niches and they have their own, like, people that they hang out with and it's like you know high schoolers are in the mindset of if I don't want to talk to you I'm not going to talk to you right (laughs) I'm in that mindset like as an adult but it's really hard uh, to get that interaction without having to force it so um we we don't do the the birthday Cupcake. Do you remember last year when I tried with my homeroom to do like a snack day for like? Oh yeah, I remember. And I was so disappointed because none of those kids wanted to. Ha- we did breakfast. I br- I told them I'm like I'm gonna bring you like cereal. I'll bring you like uh, juice and stuff. And they were Probably all on. They were all on board for it until I actually brought the food and like bought it, and then nobody wanted to eat the snacks. So I ended up giving the snacks to like kids that walked by my classroom like we had it was a a spring fest where the kids could like go and do a bunch of random activities so like i'm sitting there cleaning up in my room from breakfast and i got so many leftovers that i have kids that i'm like cool with that like to stop by my classroom that were stopping by just to say hi and then saying oh can i get some of that (laughs) i'm just like yeah sure why not there was one kid where I had a like almost a full box, like half a box of Frosted Flakes or something, and he's like, can I have some of that? I was like, just take the box. He's like, really? Yeah, dude, just take the box. So he just walked out with the box. I think um, I love first grade because of how like we do all those parties, we do all those things to like, build classroom community and morale, and I have a really good group this, this year. I was like, we got some stinkers, but like... They're not like bad kids. Stinkers in the sense that they're they are not, bad or they are smelly. No, they're not smelly. They're not even that bad either. I've got some smelly They ones. just like, they're able to get away with stuff at home. So they have a kind of like bratty-ish like tendency. But I usually get that worked out by the end of the year. Yeah. Because you're with these people every day and you're not an only child in my classroom. So mm-hmm. that... I've had the first before. graders though. Like, what are you gonna do and, with bratty behavior? Like, they're gonna they're be brats. Graders, I, I felt like a monster yesterday because one of my students, before they went to reset, I mean, before they went to gym, I said, "You better listen to our gym teacher, or no cupcakes." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "And I'm sticking by that. I'm like, I'm sticking to my guns at that point." And all my kids except one listened to the gym teacher, and I looked at her and I said. I'm going to stick with what I said. I was like, because you won't learn if I just let you get away with it. I was like, I feel bad and I'm sorry, 
but you knew the consequence before you went to gym. You chose not to listen to the gym teacher. I was like, so you don't get a cupcake. I did feel okay, however, because she did have a happy meal earlier in the day. So I just want to get this kid a happy meal. So I was like, okay. She at least had a hamburger and french fries. I shouldn't have yeah, any yeah. issues. I, mean, I had a treat already in the day. It's okay to take uh, the second oh, treat. Oh, and a bag away. of chips. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that makes that makes it seem better that you enforced that rule, right? Because they already had. They already had two treats. Yeah. And she didn't get to go to my prize box today. I mean, that day. And um, going to the prize box, I, it's different this year than it's been in the past. In the past, like, I had three different boxes where if you had five points, you could pick from this one, 10 points, 20 points, you know? So, like, there was, like, better prizes as you went up. Mm-hmm. This year, I said, nope, just five points. That's all you need to come to the prize box. All you need is five points, but I made it harder. And every week, I reset the points. Usually, I in the past, I would keep the points the same, and they would be able to build them up. You don't want to have to keep buying new prizes. Yeah, then I... Yeah, so What's the most uh, lucrative prize? The one that kids like the most. The one that is worth the most. No, right now they're all like equal prizes. They're prize. all. Oh, okay. I was gonna say is the last one year that's I had like, like Play Doh. Like Chuck E. Cheese, where you have to spend so many tickets to get this. Top no, tier. last year my twenty point stuff. I had like a football, uh, basketball hoop that for like you put on your door. I had um, Play Doh, slime, like. Those were like the type of prizes that you could get. Now it's like small little treat bag stuff like erasers and pencils, tiny little slimes, um, vampire teeth, um, which most of the kids picked as their prize. Yesterday was the vampire teeth. And I said, put it in your backpack. I don't want to see it in your mouth. And my one of my stinkers, I look over at him and he, he looks like this. And Anthony's going to be the only one who gets to see it, but he'll know why it was funny. Oh, with like the teeth in his mouth. <laughs> wow. He's so like, you know, like okay, let's like describe. Said, let's describe don't this. Put, to don't the put it in your mouth. And then you see it. You look over. You see a kid whose mouth is like ballooned out at the front. Yes, because, because he the obviously... vampire teeth. You put it over your teeth, and they they like bulge out a little bit. So when you try to close your mouth, it looks like very obviously <laughs> that you have something in your mouth. So I look at him and I said, "You have the vampire teeth in your mouth." I was like, what did I say to do with those? Put them in my backpack. Yeah, put them in your backpack. I was like, take them out now. He took them out. Then I go about, we sing our goodbye song. We line up to, to leave. And I look at him again. Do the kids? And his mouth how- is already, he's ballooned up again. I look at him. <laughs> I, said, I said to put those in your backpack. Why are they back inside your mouth? And I was like, take them out and put them away. I had to say that to that kid like three times. That reminds me of when I was student teaching. And there's this kid, Joey, who always used to give me like a hard time. I loved Joey. He was great. But um, he always used to give like question me because he knew I was a student teacher. And like at that point, I really wasn't far off in age from the juniors that I was teaching. And um, so like I was really trying hard to establish myself as like an authority figure. So he comes in and the class is like nine kids it's a really (laughs) small class and um he comes in with a honey bun oh my favorite and he starts eating the honey bun i was like joey put the honey bun away he's like but i'm hungry and i was like yeah you can't eat in the class that's like a school rule 
and he goes, but come on, just let me eat the honey bun. Like, I'll be finished in like three seconds. I'm like, no, put the honey bun away. And then I just like, Joey, put the honey bun away. <laughs> so when at the end of the uh, school year, when all of the kids that I student taught with, um, they made me like a, a book full of all like the notable quotes that I had said in that year. Like, Was it one of them put the honey bun away? Yeah. So like written in there is a quote. Joey, put that damn honey bun away. <laughs> and there's a there's so many good ones in there. Like, it makes me nostalgic for my uh, kids that I student taught. But, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Me either. Anyway, I have to brag a little bit if we're gonna stay on the subject of teaching. I gotta because I asked you, you know, how's your year going? How's your year going? I gotta talk a little bit about my year so far. Got to be honest, Bree. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying my year. I know. I it's it's different this year. I have like a lot more responsibility this year, which you know, is a blessing and a curse. Like, I have my first like my formal evaluation very soon, and I have to same and all that stuff. So I have to do a pre-conference this week, and I just think. Ugh, it's like, I think my, I guess I just don't care. This is, and I'm, <laughs> oh, let me, let me, de let me defend myself in saying we are in a teacher shortage. We already have two unfilled <laughs> vacancies in my school. Got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. What are you going to do? <laughs> I said, what are you going to do? One, one. You just gave uh, like a not, chucky cackle uh, right there. Not, not to toot my own horn too much. But I'm one of the best teachers they have in the school. Mm -hmm. So look at Bree being it, cocky. It's oh, not, she just it, gave me a look. It's right not now. cockiness when like other teachers at your school tell you that. Okay. Like I've had like I've had teachers say that to my face mm -hmm. that work at my school who've been working at my school longer than I've been working at my school who are much older than I am. I got to say, though, and like, I'm not going to go into specifics here because I don't know who's listening to the podcast, but um, I, I've i told you before, like, I don't think that I'm the best teacher in, uh, ever. Like, there are people that are better than me. There are people at my school that I think are way better than me. There's but, people at my school I think I'm better that, like, I think are better than me. But there are also teachers at my school that I know that I teach better than that well yeah and then i was telling you one day when i you know we complain a lot about like some of the stories we hear about what teachers do at our schools and i was telling brie i'm like honestly when you're trained to be a teacher and you go to school for it and you get the license right it's not like diff some of the stuff is common sense to do where okay I'm, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but I can't without, like, n naming people or outing people, which I don't want to do. And, I, I but I'm, but I'm just saying, like, you hear horror stories all the time. This teacher did this. This teacher did this. This teacher did this thing wrong. And it's like, guys, this is, like, common sense. Like, you don't act that way in front of the kids. You don't say these things in front of the kids. You don't treat the kids this way. Like, I I, had, there, was, I was talking about my... Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, go I was ahead. Like, there's definitely kids in my room who I don't exactly love. 
You okay. like the kid because like they're your kid in your class. Like you like the kid, but like they can get on your nerves or maybe they're not doing what you want them to do. There's some days where you don't like a kid, but I'm never going to let a kid know that I don't like them. Well, yeah, because then you lose that kid. No kid wants to be taught by an adult that doesn't like them. I was reflecting a little bit to go off of that point on we've been, you know, we've been revamping the AP program at my school and I'm an AP teacher. So when the guy comes in that is heading the professional development for us from another school that has been very successful with their AP program, he tells us like we had this professional development about like classroom environments, like how to cultivate an AP classroom environment. And he said, you don't ever want to have an, a, a me against you demeanor in the AP class. We're all in this together, right? So we say things like we, we say things like, come on, let's do this so that you're including yourself with the kids. And I was like, yeah, you know, I already do that. But then he's like, you don't ever want the kids to think that you think they can't succeed at the AP test. And I thought back to last year and, you know, I had some success with the AP last year. I had some failures with the AP last year. Um, a lot of different reasons I'm taking accountability for it. Sure. But one of the things I reflected on and I was like, even though I see myself as a good teacher, there are things that I have to work on. Right. Of course. Like and, everyone. and even last year, I reflect back on it. And I remember one of the students, one of the senior students in the AP class asking me, do you think that we can all pass the AP test? And it was like November. And I already gotten to know them a bit, seen their skill, taken the data and things like that, where I, I, I told them, no, I don't think that all of you can succeed on the AP test, but it's still early in the year. Prove me wrong, right? Like, let's work towards it. So I was trying to take it as like a motivating thing. But then I thought about what our PD guy said. And I was like, I would never say that stuff to my AP students this year. Like just learning from that. Like I wouldn't, even before he told us that, thinking back, I'm like, it's cringy. I would never say that stuff this year to them. It's all like this whole year in the AP course has been positive 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 like let's work towards success let's work together let's make sure we have the test taking skills and now you're like of course they can all succeed well this year i truly do believe that all of the ap students in my class can get threes fours fives on that test like they're just and i know some of them are listening because they found the podcast but uh they are very Good. Not to get make them cocky if you're listening, not to make you cocky or anything, um, but I took the diagnostic scores already, and they were, like, really, really good. Um, much, much, much better than I saw in the previous years that I've been doing the course. So I'm, like, truly, truly, truly optimistic that all of them can can pass that test. So I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about my classroom management, my different changes that I've done this year and how I've been seeing success. Um, not that they can't be better. They can always be better, but, um, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. How are you feeling, Brie? I mean, I do what I can. We do what we can. That's I mean, all we can do. I, I start next week after school tutoring mm-hmm. with... I got to pick, like, my lowest students. 
and offer them the opportunity, if approved by their parent, to stay with me after school for one hour, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I was thinking Monday, Wednesday, we do reading. Tuesday, Thursday, we do math. Extra work. Mm-hmm. Like, let's focus on getting our homework done first and then doing like a mini lesson so that we can really focus. And I was thinking about pulling from kindergarten and really figuring out what, how can I teach these kids the alphabet <laughs> and they should already know it. I think that's like the most frustrating thing. So I was trying to explain to parents, I, I go to a gym called Orange Theory Fitness and I was talking about teaching at Orange Theory Fitness because someone was asking me a question. I was like, well, the problem is like we have standards and when, when the United States adopted Common Core, it took every standard and pushed it a grade down. What does that mean? That now kindergartners by the end of the year need to know how to count to 100, have to add and subtract within 10 fluently, and they have to know the entire alphabet, sound, all the letters and the sounds, and they start reading in kindergarten. Where in the past, kindergarten has been very play-based. They still learn their alphabet, but it was not as like as many expectations. I wish I could remember when I learned when I learned math. Like, well, I still don't know math, but I don't remember. I wish I could I, remember. I don't what remember grade doing anything started. but ABCs in kindergarten. I don't remember kindergarten. If I'm gonna be honest, it was a while ago. But I also did two years of preschool. So I might have done all my ABCs in preschool. My mom put me in school as soon as I was old enough to be in school. What's the earliest thing you remember learning in school? I don't remember learning (laughs) anything. I remember just like playing. Yeah, so do I. I remember all the play. But now kids don't play and it's so sad. I I think I I can't go past any memory-wise. I can't think of anything before third grade. I remember so. the water cycle song we did in third grade. I remember the in second grade the winter concert we put on. I remember we used the, to do winter concerts because the winter year. concert was like Elvis themed. Oh really? Yeah, I wore a red poodle skirt and a white shirt, and me and my friend Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown was this young lady in my class. It was like my BFF. Mm-hmm. in the class and we both had to share one guy because we had an unequal guys to girls ratio so we had to dance with the same dude and so he get to, he got to play elvis because oh because every, he gets two women yes because he got two women and his name was also tyler <laughs> and it was spelled the same as tyler brown's name and then it was Tyler, I'm not okay. gonna say his last get, name because a little confusing. I'm not gonna say the other kid's last name because then you'd be he would be easily identifiable because his last name is not as common as yeah, Brown. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, I felt comfortable calling her Tyler Brown because there's probably a million Tyler Browns out there. I um I remember like one of my winter concerts at the school. We would do like Christmas songs, and I think we were doing "Walking in a Winter Wonderland." Anthony, we did. I'm have a blue Christmas. But Without we, I, <laughs> I think we were doing um, walking in a winter wonderland, and our attire was supposed to be: you're outside in the snow, wear a winter hat, wear a scarf, wear some gloves or mittens, and then wear a jacket. 
And I don't know why my my mom decide uh, decided to dress me in a winter hat, a scarf, and then a white t-shirt tucked into pants with a belt, formal. And so I was the only one not wearing winter attire. <laughs> Nobody could do anything. So I think I have a picture of it somewhere. I can find it somewhere. But I stick out like a sore thumb. I like, I'm the only one like, that's like, Mom, no, why'd you do this to me? <laughs> I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt in walking into winter wonderland. Because that's what you do in a winter wonderland, right? Like you don't wear jackets. Your mom wanted you to be the main <laughs> character so bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I could have been further from the main character. I've never been the main character, Brie. I've me, never been the main either. character. I've never had the starring role. Even I've had a couple of theater. solos. Um, so when we went to Disney with my choir... I had a solo. We did um, like songs from Wicked, and um, I got to be the Alphaba, and my friend was the Galinda. I got the they're buildings tall as quacks with trees. Dressing I was always in um, high school theater. Looking back at it, nobody classified me as this, but I guess I could classify myself as this now. Looking back on it, I was the character actor. I was the main character actor. Character actors, right from, I, I think the definition of a character actor is somebody who plays like a supporting role to like kind of uh, elevate the main character, but they always, they always play like these interesting supporting roles. That was me. In The Crucible, I wasn't John Proctor. I was Reverend Hale. I was the only character that was in all four acts, but not the main character. Okay, I'm I was I was actor. never the main character. The closest I got to a main character was in um, my junior year musical of um, Footloose. Mm -hmm. I got to play one of Rusty's girls. Um, Rusty's girls. And then I'm I will still never forgive him. Rusty? No, our mus our musical director. Always gave seniors starring roles because mm -hmm. it's their last year. But he stopped doing musicals my senior year. So we had another guy who, who put all his stage actors as the star of the musical. And that's not what you do. And I remember going up to my choir teacher, not the main choir teacher, the like so supporting. So... There was a hierarchy at my school. <laughs> <laughs> there were two choir teachers. One choir teacher taught regular... Schmegular. Regular schmegular choir. And then co-taught the all-girls choir. Mm -hmm. And then one choir teacher co-taught the all-girls choir. And then the honors choir. Okay. She was the better choir director. To you. No. She was the better <laughs> choir director. She did all the other choirs. She did chamber singers, vocal jazz ensemble, women of jazz, um, the show choir. Is that where you learned to scat? Yeah. Yeah? I was in VJE, oh, nice. vocal jazz ensemble. And I was in women of jazz. Can do a little scat. No, I'm not doing it on the podcast. <laughs> Anthony loves when I scat. I hate it. <laughs> Anthony also likes to say, Bree's a good singer. And then just like, leave me, <laughs> leave me with some people. And I'm like, oh, I always oh do God, that. oh I always God. Do They're that like, Bree, sing. I'm like, no. Dance, monkey, dance. Because one time, uh, was, we were at his parents' house and they have like a, like a little 
karaoke thing and i was like oh i love i love karaoke you said you no 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 i love you told no, my parents no. you're like i love to sing i no, love karaoke i love karaoke and so i volunteered that was like the one time i volunteered to sing and then i remember anthony's mom t- told anthony we need to get her like at the the, the place that the karaoke place the karaoke that they place like to, the old people karaoke. where they like Sorry, to go mom, to old people karaoke place and i'm like Oh no, I can't sing in front of people. I get nervous. I'm like really nervous. I'm not meant to be a star. I'm meant to like record little videos for TikTok and just like have a fun. Some people, I time. think, I have I have a stern. A I just want to be normal. Stern philosophy that some people are meant for stardom. Some people are charismatic. Some people are meant for it. Like it's something you just it it's the it factor, right? Like you just have the it factor. And I think we have to be honest with ourselves and who has the it factor and who does not have the it factor. You can think you have the it factor, but when you really don't have the it factor, you know what I mean? Like that's something that needs to be. Uh, do Do you think you can cultivate the it factor? Me? No, just like in general with people. Oh no! So I or think, do you think that, pe- it's just I something think, people. I think have. that's the issue with these singing shows like American Idol and The Voice, and like when people win The Voice or American Idol, but nothing ha- happens to them. It's because what are they missing? The, the it, it factor. factor. They don't have the it factor. Well, it's like okay, we've been watching Dance Moms frequently around here it's like trashy um, yeah i'm making TV anthony show. watch dance moms with Re- me. trashy reality tv show but when we watch it and we look at these dancers it's like one clearly has the it factor right like, like Matt, maddie ziggler has the it factor and that's why the I'm, others are good but and it doesn't stop the other girls from doing great things it doesn't mean that the one other is just going to get catapulted to stardom quicker well one's going to be a star and the others are just going to be background dancers yes and, like, there's nothing wrong. You can still make a good living doing background dancing or just being a rocket if you have the long legs and all that stuff. I just want to be normal. I just want to live a normal life. That's how I feel. I'm, ve- I I'm a very, like, um, I don't want to say private person, but I'm very, like, uh, uh, what's a reclusive? I like to, I mean, I'd like a little bit more money, but that's pretty Me much too. it. That's pretty much it. And it's, like... It's such a weird uh, juxtaposition because we have a podcast in which we talk, 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 talk every week, but it's also like we're we're both very private people in a sense, and we're not very like sociable all the time, and I don't like going out and meeting new people and putting myself I've out there. I like my own little comfortability. That, and I've been talking to my therapist about it, and I was like, one of my biggest issues, I think, with me is like I have really bad social anxiety because I don't... I think it has to do with like a touch of the tism that I really don't know how to interact with a lot of people. I'm strange and I know I'm strange and it's hard for me to make like friendships and like connections. And that's why my work friends are coming to our wedding and I'm like, but they don't really know, know me. You know what I mean? They don't like really know, know me. Because, like, I think I put on, like, a mask when I'm at work. Sometimes. That's, like, a little bit different. I mean, sometimes I am my true uh, self. It takes me a number of years to get comfortable somewhere. And, uh, like, when I was in the fraternity, it took me two years to be able to, like, truly and authentically be myself around a lot of those people. But, um, 
like I I feel like I'm just getting there at my job right now where it's like I do feel more comfortable uh being myself around some of the other teachers and like I feel sh- displaying my personality a little bit and I think my problem with that is just it takes me a while to get comfortable and it takes me a while to be able to not put up like a uh, a, a notion that, oh, I'm worried that people are going to like me. I'm worried that people are going to dislike me. If I do this thing, maybe people won't like me anymore. I mean, I think that's, we're both coming into ourselves this year. I took over as the head of my social committee at school. So we throw like birthday, like the birthday celebrations, wedding showers, baby showers, buy the gifts for this, that, and the other thing. And I really, this year, like, I don't really. I'm, like, running it, but, like, at the same time not really running it. Because, like, my big thing is I keep track of the money. And I have a document that shows all the money that we have. And I was, like, anyone in the school can ask for the link for this document. And they can see where the money is being spent and how the money is being spent. I was, like, I'm never going to hide that from anybody. Um, But it's, like, I think that's important to have, like, a look at what social committee is spending so that like you know i said i want to be completely transparent so that everybody knows like how much money like we have as like a social committee and what like what's my budget and if we have any leftover money at the end of the year we'll do something which this year i don't think there will be because i'm spending money like "Eh, eh, eh." you never want money to be left over though because if you get money left over they're gonna think that you don't use it so they're going to decrease your budget oh no Every, no i'm the one who sends out how much money people have to pay to be a part of it oh okay. so oh, you're not budgeted to you be have a, a budget to be a part of social committee you have to pay 25 dollars. oh so the full, school is not giving you a budget no okay. it's like teachers pay to be a part of it mm-hmm. 25 dollars for full-time staff 15 dollars for part-time staff cool and i'm in charge of the money we always, with my club that I co-moderate, we always uh, have to ask for more money. We're always under budget. And it's not like it's paying to go and be a part of conferences at colleges and other schools and paying for our kids to participate. It's never like merch. It's never, you know, fun, like stuff that we would do just in-house it's always when we want to go out of house and do stuff like that's what costs the most money and that's why we have to keep asking to go over our budget one year we actually did not go over budget i think that was the pandemic year where everything like they canceled all of these conferences that we usually go to and uh we got um for model united nations we got the kids gavels that was my idea too yeah to let all the kids know that anytime your teacher has a really good idea, it didn't come from his brain. <laughs> so, well, okay, I've been wearing... <laughs> he doesn't deny it. Um, I've been doing this thing in the past, like, couple of weeks where I've been on my the other side of my ID. I've been putting a new Yu-Gi-Oh card in, and it's a game that I took inspiration from one of the other teachers at the school who does it. He does a tie game where he wears a different tie every day, and the one day that... He wears the same tie that he wore on a previous day. If the kids notice, then he gets him a prize. It's an observation game. And so I tried doing that with the Yu-Gi-Oh card. Every day I switch the Yu-Gi-Oh card, see if they notice. And if whoever notices which one I double up on, um, 
out like give him a prize or something it's just a fun thing to do i suppose and then yesterday i i put in a card called penguin soldier and they're like wait is that a penguin on your card and i was like yeah mrs had to pick that one <laughs> i was like she she picked that one so you can thank the missus. It was cute. Yeah. Okay, I think we've both shat enough. It is time to get into it. Okay, so let's get started. And we are reviewing the movie Seed of Chucky. This is the fifth uh, installment in the Child's Play franchise. A um, couple of little pieces of background information. This movie comes out in 2004. So it's about six years after Bride of Chucky comes out. Do you, let me ask you, Brie, do you think it's important for movies to, do you think that there's a window of release that is like a, a sweet spot that movies can, should release their sequels to? Like is seven years or six years too long or is it um, the sweet an, spot, adi- an adequate like amount of time? Two to three years is the sweet spot. Two to three years so that audiences don't forget about your movie, but they're also like, it, it gives you enough time to, to breathe between. To breathe. Um, I think like it's going to be tough if you come out with a movie six years after the previous installment to get your audiences back on board and to kind of continue on with the vibe that you've already established. And I think that's where this movie kind of hits its hurdle um, with with Seed of Chucky. A lot of these Child's Play movies in like the modern and in, in recent history have a pretty uh, slow turnaround between movies. So like Bride comes out seven years after Child's Play 3, Seed comes out six years after Bride. Curse comes out nine years after Yikes. Seed. And then I think uh, Cult comes out like three years. So they actually kind of capitalized on the success of Cult a little bit. And then the show came out like two or three years after Cult. Um, so like these long turnarounds between these movies, I think that they're good and I think that they're bad. It, it's tough to continue to cultivate the vibe that you've established in the previous movie and i think that this vibe in this movie is much different than the vibe in bride of chucky and where bride of chucky got the vibe and the tone nailed down perfectly i think this one kind of takes it a step uh further and uh, maybe a little too far he didn't like it as much as i did upon reviewing it's not that i hated it it's like i'll watch it but it's I don't know. I guess I wasn't, and I told Bree this, I wasn't having as much fun in this movie as I did in Bride, you know, as I have been in the previous Child's Play movies. And I don't know. I guess it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's not necessarily a bad movie, but it's not, um, I don't know. I feel like they missed the mark a little bit on this one. What did you think? I mean, I like this one, but I also like stupid crap, so... This is a... I think it was marketed towards me. Maybe. Maybe it was marketed towards you. I think they took everything that was really endearing about Bride and tried their best to capitalize on that, but I think they lost their way somewhere in between. Don Mancini is a friggin' genius. Let's put it that way. He's 
as I've been watching these child's play movies back to back to back to back to back, I really do grow a, a much more of an appreciation for this guy as a creative person um, than I have in the past. Because when I've looked at the franchise before, it's like, man, Don Mancini, once he really took over this Child's Play franchise, like, went crazy with it and, like, um, <laughs> he did like what didn't, we all didn't wanted. know what to do and didn't know how to handle things. But now that I'm watching it, I'm like, no, this guy's got one of the most unique, like, points of view in, in horror, in uh, uh, iconography like this. So... I don't know. I guess I appreciate Don Mancini a little bit more. And I get what he was going for in this movie. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Which you're entitled. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate some stuff about it. I can appreciate Don Mancini. But it's just like, I don't know. I think we have to have that sweet spot between horror and comedy. Whereas, like, Child's Play 3 tried to be too much horror, right? Or Child's Play 2 tried to be too much horror. Uh, Seed of Chucky is... Comedy. Too, it's, it's a straight comedy movie. It's a straight-up comedy movie. There is no, There are no... I mean, there's slight horror elements in the movie, but overall, this movie is a comedy. Definitely and a comedy. it does not take itself as anything but a comedy. So... I could see why they wanted to go in this direction because you want to capitalize on the goofiness. I just don't think that they hit the sweet spot between the two, horror and comedy. And Bride really does hit that sweet spot. The show hits that sweet spot a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have too much to say, honestly, about this one. What, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's funny um, it, I, f I feel like it really is a comedy movie with horror elements and not a horror movie with comedy elements. I always feel like Don Mancini puts too much in his movies. He but talked about this the entire time we were watching But movie. it's always, like, handled really well. <laughs> it's so weird. I've never seen something like it before where Bride of Chucky, for example, is not only a slasher movie but it's a romance movie and it's a road trip movie and it's a satire on horror films itself so how do you juggle all of those things together i don't know but don mancini found a way to do it now this movie is a comedy but it's also a satire on hollywood and it's a movie about gender identity, and it's a movie about self-acceptance, and it's a movie about um, uh, killer dolls. I think <laughs> it's, it's a it's lot of stuff. A lot. It's, it's doing, doing a, lot. a lot. But I think it does handle some of that stuff nicely. Other stuff I don't think it handles as nicely. Um, it's crazy how, I think you mentioned this while we were watching it, how Don Mancini subverts our expectations for this movie. Didn't you say something yes. like that yesterday? I love, so there's several points in this movie where you think you're getting one thing, but then, oh, it's a dream, or, oh, no, it's, it's a movie. And I think that's, like, 
really interesting. A way to like fool your audience for like a little bit. Yeah, but I also think Don Mancini subverts our expectations of the movie as a whole. When we end with that scene in the cemetery and Bride of uh, the baby popping out and like attacking the police chief or whatever, um, the detective who's on the case, you expect that the next movie will have that baby in it, but it'll keep the same tone and vibe. And this one... Is just so very different than Bride. You know what I picked up on that was different than Bride? What did you pick up? Um, Bride was uh, a lot of... Rob Zombie. This one had none. None of that, like, uh, punkness to it. Yes, it didn't have a punk theme to it. And, uh, I don't know, I feel like if you this is why it's so difficult to make a movie six years after the previous one is because when that punkness worked so well in bride 2004 maybe it doesn't work as well in that era have, have, maybe we've transcended that era of putting that music in movies or having that tone right so you want to work with something that fits the time period and i don't know i'm, I'm maybe i'm just trying to defend too much maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe i am maybe i'm thinking too much about it um okay so let's get down to uh some of the uh trivia from this movie because i was reading the imdb page and i thought that some of this stuff was actually pretty interesting first of all we got to talk about this doll the new one yes what did you think about glenn hideous absolutely Absolute, grotesque absolutely the worst thing i've ever <laughs> seen in my entire i thought i turned to anthony i was like holy cannoli i said this doll is fugly it's not it's not just ugly it's, it's fugly. fugly it's not just fugly it's pug fugly it's so bad like it's so bad i've looking. been called ugly i've been called fugly i've been called pug fugly <laughs> so ugly um so i thought about that too i was just like i think the puppeteers or whoever made the puppets was just like how can I make the most, like, absolutely unappealing looking thing <laughs> I, I <was laughs> ever? Like, why do they have to make it so it's goddamn so, ugly? Like, it's not even fun to look at. No, it's, it's, just, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. And I, I feel so bad for Glenn. Because Glenn, at its at his heart, sweet, is a good a character. Sweet, just like a really sweet guy. I like the character. Um, okay, so this is what I write on IMDb. Uh, as it was revealed on the DVD's commentary, the director and producers had difficulty agreeing to the look of Glenn. Uh, Don Mancini wanted uh, to give him his own look and style, but the producer felt they should have some similar features as Chucky, because Glenn is Chucky's kid. Uh, so as a result, Chucky was given blue eyes, red hair, and freckles. Or Glenn was given blue eyes, red hair, and freckles like Chucky. Um, however, they're a different shade than Chucky's. There was also something in here that I read that they that Don Mancini wanted the puppet to look Tim Burton-esque. I think they missed the mark. If it was like with the look... sunken eyes and everything? I know, but it looked green. What? The puppet looks like green-gray. The gray. puppet looks green? Yeah, and like green-blue-gray kind of like... It doesn't have flesh tone. Both of its parents have flesh tone Oh skin. no, it's gray. Like the skin tone is yeah. gray on the puppet. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because both parents have like flesh tone skin 
I think they uh, could have done a better job. I was telling Bree too. I'm like, I know Glenn and Glenda show up in season two of the Chucky series, but that doll better not show its face <laughs> in that season whatsoever. But and the doll can't show its face because no, it doesn't really exist anymore. It doesn't really exist. It's not a mass manufactured doll like the good guy doll is. It's an original. So I don't know if the doll can show up in the series. Um, some other IMDb trivia. Um, we talked about this before. Don Mancini pitched the idea originally to Universal Studios and they gave him one note. Do you remember what that note was on the script? Too gay. This is too gay. So he took it to, um, uh, gosh, what was it? Focus Features? I think it was Focus Features, which is an offshoot of Universal Studios. And Focus has a, a reputation for developing really emotional, like heavy dramas. So Focus Features made their own offshoot movie studio called Rogue Pictures. And this was the first movie to be released under Rogue Pictures. Interesting. So... Don Mancini could not make this movie with the head honcho studio, so they sent him to their lower level studio, and that studio had to create a brand new studio to market this movie and release That's it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, kind of interesting there. Um, this is the final movie in the series to include Chucky's obsession with wanting to get out of the doll body. It's the first Child's Play movie to have nudity in it. Yep, we saw boobs. Um, it, it, not only human ones, but doll, boobs. doll ones as well. Uh, what did what else? Um, it was the only child's play movie in the franchise that Chucky does not use the good guy doll voice. The hi, I'm Chucky. Oh yeah, he doesn't use it. Um, there was one thing. So later in the movie, Tiffany is trying to like go through the twelve step guide of addiction yeah and she calls that uh it's like making amends to the people that you've harmed and she calls somebody and apologizes for killing her husband um the person that she calls is the wife of the cop that tiffany kills at the beginning of bride of chucky oh interesting. it's a cool little easter egg um there was something about like the original idea for this movie um Oh, okay. No. I'm trying to read. Ugh. Gosh. Okay, yeah. So it says, In 2001, Don Mancini wrote an alternate script after Universal rejected his first draft he wrote in 1999. The draft was titled Chucky Goes Psycho, which had Chucky and Tiffany escaping the cemetery from the last movie and had to stay the night at the Bates Motel from Psycho. While staying... The two kill someone, and Tiffany is forced to bring the body near the trash cans outside before being killed by a group of teenagers driving. Chucky would then go after the teenagers throughout the movie uh, for revenge, a la I Know What You Did Last Summer, and would have been more sh of a straightforward slasher movie with some smart, flashy meta humor that would have hopefully pleased Universal instead, but nothing ever materialized from it. That would have been an interesting uh, idea. No, it wouldn't have been seen. Tiffany is you need important. Tiff. Yeah, and Tiffany's such a likable. She's like Poochie character. Like Poochie was not likable in The Simpsons, hence why they had to get rid of him. But I love Tiffany. I th 
And I tell this to Anthony every single time we watch a movie that has Jennifer Tilly in it. I was like, oh my God. Jennifer Tilly is just beautiful. The marketing in this movie included the scene where Chucky drives Britney Spears off the road. And the marketing had to include a little subtitle that says that Britney Spears is not actually in the movie. And that it was a lookalike. Because people people were confused. It was obviously a lookalike. Yeah, obviously, but... When you're just like putting out previews for the movie, people are gonna be like, "Oh, is that Britney Spears?" Like upon first glance, people are like, "Oh, Britney Spears is in the movie," but they couldn't because yeah. that would have been false advertising, right? To say Britney Spears is in the movie. No, just just someone who looks like her. Um, so let's get down to the nitty gritty, the actual movie, which I don't think we're gonna have too much to talk about because it's kind of like there's some good, there's some bad, and it's so, like I don't want to focus on the bad. So we open up um, with a point of view um, shot where we have a doll um, being delivered to a little girl for her birthday. She opens it and she's just like, oh my gosh, it's so ugly. Who sent this? There's not an address. Oh, how, how, maybe it's a joke gift. And then we get this like huge like scene where the doll um, kills the dad and he falls off like the from the second floor balcony and then the whole like the doll then goes into the bathroom while mom is showering and that's where we see the boobs and he doesn't stab the mom the mom just kind of like kills herself in shock yeah and then we get the little girls this is all told like, you in killed. first person view yeah. too and she's like you killed my mom and dad and now you're pissing yourself you're pissing yourself. And we look down and, and there's, there's this like every. Okay. So this is one of my gripes about the character of Glenn is like, I don't know. It just is. Did we need the whole like peeing yourself little character twist on, on Glenn? I don't know. Well, he wakes up. Then he, he wakes vibe. up and it's a, it's a dream. And we. We get to the character Glenn. He peed Glenn. his, pan. he and peed his pan w- pants while he was sleeping. Why is the pee so vibrantly yellow, too? It's like a very know. bright... Yeah, it's weird, And man. then you get, like, Glenn was found by, like, this foreign guy. Okay, so this is where I have to interject for a yes. second. Um, we question why there are so many British people in this movie. And while I don't have an answer for that... I do have something that might give us an answer. Um, the movie was filmed in Romania. I don't think that gives us an answer as to why so many British people are in there, but it does give us an answer as to, um, well, how do you try? So the, the most of the movie takes place in Hollywood. <laughs> how do you make Romania look like Hollywood? Because those are two very different places. I don't, I don't know. Set, set pieces. That's all you need. So that's why... A lot of the outdoor set pieces that are in the movie are very fake looking. Or you can kind of tell they're on a set. Like the Hollywood sign? The Hollywood sign or just like the background of when they're outside. Like the skylines you can tell are like painted sets. Um, So I don't know why there's so many British people in this movie. But I do know why. Hollywood doesn't look like Hollywood because they did not film in Hollywood. Interesting. Anyway, anyway. So um, Glenn okay, was like okay, yeah, well, taken when he was younger 
Um, he found uh, was found in the cemetery by this guy, and this guy saw an opportunity, and they do like a ventriloquist act because you can be a really good ventriloquist when your puppet talks by itself. Yeah, and then his the puppet's name is uh, Shitface. Yeah, like sh- is it face or head? Shitface. Is it face? Yeah, because remember Tiffany calls him Sweetface instead. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead of Shitface. So. The puppet's name is Shitface, which part of me is like, can we not come up with something a little bit more creative? So the puppet pisses itself and then its name is Shitface. And it's like, come on, guys, let's uh get our heads out of the gutter here. And then we get like this weird, like internal monologue scene where like Glenn is just like, I was an orphan. I don't have any parents. All I have is this thing on my wrist that says made in Japan. And like Glenn thinks he's Japanese. Yeah. And then they do this really horrific thing. I guess it was fine in 2004. Not by our standards today, though, almost 20 years later, where whenever they mention how he thinks he's made in Japan or he speaks Japanese to people, they do this like very, very stereotypical um, like I guess you would call it like ancient Japanese music that plays in the background, like with the strings. And I'm like, ugh, yikes. Uh, it's yikes, just guys. kind of offensive. Yeah, uh, just a t- maybe not as offensive as the um, licorice pizza. Oh, yeah. Licorice pizza was so- Scene with the guy trying to speak slower and louder to the Japanese woman. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty offensive. Um, and then we get like another a scene where um, like a Santa is wandering, like guy in a suit, like a guy who plays Santa is wandering through a cemetery. It's winter. Um, he gets a call. His girlfriend breaks up with him. And then all of a sudden, like you see a knife coming out of the bag that he's holding and like the gifts go everywhere and he gets upset. And you see Chucky sitting like by a gravestone and... Then the guy turns around and, like, Chucky disappears. And then Chucky, like, stabs him. Okay? And then you get Chucky and Tiffany. And, like, this is where you think, oh, like, how did they get to this point? They look very different. And then all of a sudden, it's revealed it's a movie set. They're puppets. They're not actually alive. Hollywood is making a movie called Chucky Goes Psycho, the initial idea that Don Mancini brought to the to the uh to the fold with this the Hollywood is making a movie called Chucky Go Psycho and the reporters are like this movie's based on the uh urban myth or urban legend of Chucky and Tiffany the serial killers that became living dolls and went on a string of murders that remain unsolved so when we were having a conversation I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before where we were talking about, like, there are so many people that have seen Chucky walking around talking. Chucky and Tiffany became like Bigfoot and Mothman. They became like Bigfoot and Mothman, but yet some people still are like, who are Chucky and Tiffany? And, like, they're still getting fooled by, oh, it's just a doll. It's just the doll, you know? Even in future movies, it's like everyone seems to forget that they're pretty notorious. And Chucky, even like later in the movie himself, says, I'm an infamous killer. I'm Chucky the Living Doll. You know? Um, I don't get. Maybe this is a problem for later movies, but now we've established that Chucky and Tiffany are like. 
legends, right? They're they're, they're Mothman famous. and Bigfoot esque. Yes. So later on in the franchise, whether it is 10, 15 years later or whatever, I have to imagine that people would know Chucky and Tiffany or the stories, but yet everyone still seems oblivious and we can still well, get... Well, not everybody knows what Mothman is. Yeah, everyone knows Bigfoot. Yeah. Lo- but... and, and Nessie. Loch Ness Monster. Do you think the Loch Ness Monster is an actual like monster? Do you think it's like the stereotypical I believe like, in all brontosaurus things. with fins? I believe in everything. I believe in the Loch Ness <laughs> okay. Monster. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in Mothman. I believe in the Jersey Devil. I believe in the Chupacabra. I believe in everything. You want to know why? Why? Because I don't know. The <laughs> fairies exist. Like Wait, wait, what? Fairies exist. Go on. Like they're like little evil shits that run around. You got to be careful around fairies. Please my, please elaborate. The, my my religion, the one I practice, paganism. We believe in fairies. Okay. And I swear those little shits are the ones that are moving my shit so I can't find it. Fairies? Yeah. Fairies. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I believe in everything because why not? Uh, Life is more fun when you believe in everything. Also a little more scary. Yeah, I was going to say scary would be maybe the best term to use there. I don't know. There was a time when I first started getting into paganism where our house scared me. Every noise, every creak, every... Do you have like a spirit animal? She's yawning. Give her a second. Spirit animals are an indigenous practice and it's closed. But didn't you say something when you first started? It's my like, spirit guide. Spirit guide, yeah. That's different. Oh. Spirit animals are an indigenous sure. practice. Okay. And it's a closed practice, everyone. So don't say my spirit animal is this because it's disrespectful to indigenous communities. It's part of their particular like religion, what they believe. And don't appropriate that because it's a closed practice. But anyway, spirit guides are different. Spirit guides could be human, animal, anything. My spirit guide is a cat. And how do I know this? Because I was in a part of the house without the cat. The cat was in our room, just chilling across the house. And I was in the laundry room doing laundry. And I said, if I have a spirit guide, I would like for you to talk to me. And I heard the loudest meow right in my ear. And I was like, I almost pooped myself. I was like, oh my God. Yay, but also that was really scary. (laughs) Could have been a skinwalker. And no, because skinwalkers come in a form like and that's also an indigenous practice oh, sorry. <laughs> that's also indigenous <laughs> anyway um don't whistle at night is the don't whistle at night yeah that's a skinwalker thing don't whistle at night skinwalkers whistle are attracted to whistles oh okay so don't whistle at night yeah i've read stories like i always go They're on like the, the reddit forums of like People, when you get somebody like on Ask Me Anything or on like Ask Reddit, I, that's, that's like, hey, I, has anybody ever had like any really weird, creepy, supernatural and that's experiences? Why I, sometimes I'm like, how can you deny that these things exist when people have these like? But there are people like uh, that are on Reddit. That, I remember one post that this person talking about how they used to see shadow figures. Like somebody was like, I saw this shadow figure. 
like on the steps going up to the second floor of the house and the railing like holding the railings and like shit like looking in between the railings and someone's like can you draw a picture of what you saw oh, and somebody somebody like he drew the picture and it looks absolutely terrifying and i was like how can like somebody drew a picture from memory Ooh, i got goosebumps all yeah, over she's me she's got the goose what well, you don't say goosebumps you never say goosebumps they're ghost pimples stop it goosebumps there's book series anyway um where were we we were at chucky and tiffany movie. movie yeah um yeah the movie stars jennifer tilly yeah jennifer tilly um no the actress jennifer tilly who is playing herself yes. as well as tiffany in this movie and i told anthony i was like how great is jennifer tilly as an actress that the jennifer tilly character it that is the actual human being of herself sounds different than the puppet of tiffany mm-hmm. like tiffany is more nasally yeah than jennifer it's like tilly. in uh you, if you turn jennifer tilly up to like, 11 you yeah know? <laughs> which i thought wow that makes you a really good actress jennifer tilly is a really good actress she's an oscar nominated person and and she they they go up like she talks about how she wants more acting roles but ever like she doesn't get them and she goes how did i go from being an oscar nominated actress to like working with puppets i just i think she's it's just just so good it's so good um Um, in that time jennifer tilly got first billing in this she did she did in the time that we're doing all this in wherever uh, Glenn is he's watching TV and he sees an interview with Tiffany and Chucky the puppets not actually Tiffany and Chucky but like for the movie like a promo thing where the puppets are talking and then on the news or whatever show this is um, Chucky says fuck you very much or something yeah if this is like entertainment tonight yeah. or like a He's access hollywood like that would never happen on tv and it gets unbeeped yeah and, on like and we see TV. glenn sees that they have like the made in japan thing on their wrist so he's like oh i'm not an orphan and he says oh those are my parents and we get this like escape scene where glenn like escapes oh him running is like one of the funniest things i've seen it's like in the um when the Muppets movie originally came out and everybody lost their mind in the 70s about how did they make Kermit run? <laughs> like, how was he able to ride a bike? You know, uh, this is similar to that where Glenn running across the street is some of the funniest stuff. And I I gotta admit, like, figure out how they filmed this because it looks, it like... looks like a puppet but it there's also scenes in the movie where it looks like somebody is wearing like a, a chucky helmet and it's like a person doing the movements like an oh, animatronic An- helmet or something oh anthony and i love the there's it, later in the movie there's like a bird's eye they do it in bride too it, view where it's definitely people like yeah. either either very small people or regular size people from above as yeah, to that not, look tiny. So yeah. they look tiny and doll-like. Um, so we have this whole thing where um, Glenn gets to the lot where the movie's being filmed. He gets to a uh, area where all the, like, the props are stored. 
and he he's like mom dad it's me it's your baby boy uh, or whatever and um they're not responding because they're not alive they're just like puppets i think and there's he's something like, really i funny have the here. necklace you gave me when i was just a kid and then he's like uh says like awake or something and he's like maybe he says the chant he goes awe do a dumbala awake and they wake up and i wrote super guy you wake <laughs> you woke them up and we have this scene where chucky and tiffany are back and one this guy walks in the like the prop master mm-hmm. and he's gonna operate on tiffany because she's like malfunctioning and when he goes and unscrews the back of her where her battery pack should be it's well, like so chucky, her open spine yeah chucky and tiffany are like alive and then they see glenn and oh we, they I make fun of him oh there's this oh it's so funny Chucky's like, uh. Chucky like, <laughs> like looks at him and goes, uh. uh he's like, that's an one ugly kid. I feel sorry for that kid's parents. Like, oh my God, he's rough to look at. He goes on and on about this until he real- they realize that's their kid. Yeah, they're like, what's your name? And he's like, shit face. And, and she's like, <laughs> Chucky laughs at him. Which is like, the, I, there are some things in this movie, and I told Brie this, there are some things in this movie that it's like, okay, we've changed the character of Chucky from time to time, where like, Chucky is a little bit serious, but also kind of funny in Child's Play 1, 2, 3. Chucky gets a little bit more fleshed out personality and a little bit more screen time and Bride of Chucky. But then this one, it's like, there are moments in this movie where Chucky doesn't act like how chucky has acted and in the I past said, or talks like he talked I'm in like, the past. I'm like Chucky was his normal like sassy self until he found out that Glenn slash Glenda was his son or daughter and or daughter. Well because he and says things that- later on where it's like I would I didn't say violence, I said violins. And it's like I can't see if you put that line up against anything else from but the I previous said, movies. Chucky acts different immediately once they find out that's their kid. Because I think, I mean. But it's like, I also think that like the whole being a doll for so long, dying, coming back, dying, I mean, coming it back. Messes I think it with them. did mess with Chucky to an extent where it's like he is um, not as because my first question if i were to see is ah there's another there's a third talking doll like, he's like where did nothing you come surprises from? Me. he's like nothing surprises me he's just like hyped to be a, a dad and it's like this is a much different chucky from the charles lee ray that we saw at the beginning of child's play because One. i think as we go through this chucky's like crazier. more com- comfortable and confident in his doll self I think he's more comfortable and confident, but I also think he loses his mind a little bit upon every, like, iteration. Every time he, like, responds. Yeah, and, like, kind of loses his original self and starts to feed more into this Chucky mythology, you know? Um, and, and people, then... Other people's expectations for who Chucky well, is. Well, once they, that prop master guy unscrews the back of Tiffany and he sees, like, a spine and, like, like insides he like freaks out and then you see chucky like decapitates the guy and 
Which you have this fake, like, the, the blood spurting out of the decapitated body. And then we have Jennifer Tilly's character, like, she of Jennifer Tilly. Oh, first Tilly. of all, Je Jennifer Tilly is trying to get a role in another movie about the, the, Virgin, Mary. the Virgin Mary. And she wants to be the Virgin Mary. And the director of the movie is former rapper turned director Redman. <laughs> from method man and red man but um so initially a little bit of trivia here don mancini had asked uh name a famous director who you think would have uh don mancini would have wanted for that role uh, i don't know um quentin tarantino it was tarantino 100 percent, it was tarantino um don mancini asked tarantino to be in that role and he said no so they got Red Man instead. What a mistake like, on Tarantino. Red Man. What a mistake on Tarantino's part. You think? Yeah, I think. I think he did Little Nicky instead, or maybe that comes before. But I just think when, and I guess uh, this is what I... mistake on Tarantino's part because you'd get to like make out with Jennifer Tilly. Not only that, <laughs> and maybe they could have done feet stuff. Uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino. I know. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know, but I'm like, it's just, maybe it's just me. And I've, I've said this to myself a million times. If I got offered a part in a movie, you wouldn't even have to pay me. I would just show up. I'd be so excited. To be in a movie? To be in a movie. Depends on the movie and what they're asking you to do. I, I don't do nudity. Not because I'm afraid of being nude. Just because I don't think I look good nude. So I don't want to do nudity. So I don't want other people judging my body. If I had a if I had a rock and bod, I'd do movies with nudity. I don't care. But so he asked Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's something I've noticed about you. What? When you do the Chucky cackle, I've noticed it more in filming this podcast. You have the Chucky cackle. <laughs> And I don't know if that's deliberate. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, the, gosh. it's the crazy. Yeah, it's gotta be. Crazy people. We laugh differently. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Don Mancini asks Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino says no. So Don Mancini is like, next best choice, Red Man. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously Red Man, who is hamming it up hard in this movie. And is like, really, you can tell he's having fun. I mean, wouldn't you? First of all, you get to make out with Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> that'd be the. That'd be all you would have to say is you get to make out with Jennifer Tilly. I'm like, but bet. okay. So Jennifer Tilly never calls him Redman. She calls him Mr. Red. No, Mr. Man. Mr. Man. And then Redman. Redman. <laughs> and it's like it's. I think it's definitely like a character choice on Jennifer Tilly's part to be like let let's have fake Jennifer Tilly get this guy's name wrong every time. <laughs> Redman. <laughs> she does say Redman at one point. She does. Um, and she comes in to the prop room and she wants to get her candy bar that she snuck into Chucky's overall. She grabs it. She starts eating it. Then she starts playing with the, the head, severed head until she realizes it is an actual severed head. And then we get this whole scene where it's Jennifer Tilly's like walking out of the the lot and there's like police and everything and they're like are you doing there's rumors that you're gonna be in redmond's new movie and she's like i can't confirm or deny but i have been talking to redmond about that movie <laughs> because she wants the part 
Though when she did the audition, Redman said that she doesn't have the vibe of the Virgin Mary. Of the Virgin Mary, yeah. Um, so, uh, gosh, where do we go? She there's the stuff with the limo driver, which is weird and like kind of shoehorned in. It seems so. The limo driver's whole like reason for being um, in in this movie is to tell tell Jennifer Tilly he loves her. Mm-hmm. And it's like every scene this guy's in, he's practicing, Jennifer, I love you. Jennifer, I love you. And like trying to plan out when he's going to tell her this. And it's not developed at all. It's like this guy has three scenes in the movie. And two of them are him going over how he's going to tell her he loves her. And that r- relationship that he has with Jennifer Tilly really isn't explored or developed a lot and it's just kind of shoehorned in to have i think another character in the movie that we could use for the last couple of scenes you know what i mean mm-hmm. um gosh where do we go next brie i don't have anything written down oh you, yeah you still still notes. Okay. um why do you kill people <laughs> okay so no they're in jennifer tilly's house in the attic and they're putting glenn to sleep and they're trying to debate whether Glenn is a boy or a girl. And they take off Glenn's pants and they see, like, the Nothing. Ken doll crotch. And they're um, like, and she's like, see, it's a girl. And so he's like, what do you mean? That's my baby boy. <laughs> so they're inspecting this boy versus girl debate. And uh, Glenn asks, why do you kill and why do you uh, kill people and chucky goes it's more of a hobby (laughs) really (laughs) or (laughs) something we do to relax which that that's again another line that i would put up against anything else in uh the child's play franchise and be like it doesn't fit right like chucky saying his killing is a hobby but how do you explain killing to a child think he cares no i think this is like he's like chucky has lost all his bananas he has to he has to and to be a part of this crazy i think we really see chucky lose all his bananas at the end of the movie i think that they're like appalled by that question though like chucky and tiffany like were they don't understand why their child that doesn't want to kill (laughs) doesn't like killing but that's not the that's not the actual truth so if we think about it later in the movie we find out that this child has two different personalities and that's why glenn was having those disturbing dreams is because glenn was actually both glenn and glenda mm-hmm. and, and it was like is it implied that i was w- glenda doing it like that actually happened no i think those it was just the other personality trying to come out. Yeah. And I think, I mean, DID maybe yeah. at that point where it's two different personalities. And Glenda is the personality that likes killing like the parents. Mm-hmm. Whereas Glenn is the soft spoken. He doesn't like to do any Which of that. Which will be interesting to see what they do with those two characters. Right. Because it would make Chucky no sense two. for Glenn to at all be wanting to be a part of any sort of killing things but i could see glenda as like the accomplice yes yeah yeah 
Um, so they he Glenn asks, "Do you like killing?" Or and then they say it's an Tiffany's trying to convince them it's an addiction, and they got to kick the addiction by going cold turkey. Chucky, never she worked. forces Chucky to promise, and, and um, she forces Chucky to promise, and Chucky like does the little fingers crossed behind his back, and yeah. uh, gosh, where do we go from here? Now uh, Je- I have Jennifer Tilly's at dinner with Redmond. Yes, she has him come over um, for dinner, and uh, he, Tiffany, uh, they're followed by paparazzi. Tiffany has the idea to artificially inseminate Jennifer Tilly because Tiffany said, I don't want to get pregnant again. Once is enough. There's this whole joke about um, once is a blessing, twice is a curse. And then Chucky says, well, that explains your sister. Well, it makes sense, <laughs> like, later on, too, because when there are twins and it's, like, Glenn and Glenda, the boy is the, boy is the one that first. come out first and more, like, peaceful, soft-spoken. Uh, thus, and then, curse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- that's kind of cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I also love that they continued on with the Tiffany, like, character thing of my mother always said, yeah. you know. And even there's even a part where they're watching TV and it's Martha Stewart like getting arrested and and you know how Tiffany loves Martha Stewart and yeah. everything established in the last movie she's like oh well Martha Stewart's set to be executed this week <laughs> <laughs> it's like that kind of satire is funny uh, like the commentary on Hollywood is funny and it's I think a lot of it is like Don Mancini's experiences in Hollywood it's Don Mancini's experiences with self acceptance. And, like, that kind of comes out. Because he does write himself into a lot of these movies in different ways. This is the first one where it's, like, yeah, it does seem like it's a lot of, like... The the conflictingness of Glenn later on, or, like, the, the conflict that Glenn has with Glenda. And, like, that kind of um, idea of, I don't know who I am. You're tearing me apart. You want me to be one thing when I'm not that thing. That's, I think, definitely Don Mancini's voice coming out Mm -hmm. there because that's kind of also explored a little bit in the Chucky series with um, the main character also being like part of the LGBT community and things like that. So Don Mancini's voice comes out quite a bit, especially in this movie in different ways. Then we get that violins joke. Yeah, I don't like that. Violins, they're because he's like violence is bad, not violence. Violins, um, those string instruments are ruining the United States or something like that. And then, okay, so we get the artificial insemination plot, um, where they're artificially inseminate I mean, Jennifer some gross, Tilly. Th- this movie it's has gross. some gross stuff. In it, it has, and I think it's like we're in a uh, an era of. The two, early 2000s is gross. The early 2000s is, is in a lot of era of shock and awe. So shock in what we have in terms of gore, shock in what we have in our movies in terms of like the sexualness of movies. So like we see Chucky like... She says, you go like fill this cup with, you know... Your your stuff. Tiff- Tiffany sh- and takes then off he's her like, top and things. And he's like, I need some motivation. And then we see doll boobs. And I said, why do they paint nipples on the doll? Yeah. <laughs> weird. And then Chucky, like, uh, you know, gets the job done himself. And it's well, weird. So and then he cackles you have, during it. At this time, 
We have there's a paparazzi outside Dan Fertilli's house. Played by John Waters, which is a really interesting who's choice. Who's taking pictures of Jennifer Tilly and Redmond to make like a big story about it, but also taking a picture of Chucky up doing his business upstairs. Tiffany hits Redman over the head to kind of like make him pass out, and then he, she goes after Jennifer Tilly, and it's like you can either do this the easy way, Jennifer, with alcohol and to go to sleep, or I'm gonna hit you in the head. Jennifer Tilly chooses to run and scream, so she gets hit in the head, and they artificially inseminate her. Jennifer Tilly with Chucky's grossness. And then at the same time, Chucky and Glenn find that the paparazzi has pictures. So Chucky's like, we're going out and we're going hunting. Father, son, Bonding. boys night yeah, out. Boys night out. And so we get this scene where they drive Britney Spears off the road Mm-hmm. And her car blows up. And Chucky says, "Oops, I did it again." Oops, I did it again. Funny, funny, just comedy line. I think that was a scene that was added just for marketing purposes. Yeah, like something that you can attach to a preview to get people to come to the movie. And then they get to this photographer's house. The photographer's like, "What's going on?" He tries to enhance the fo- like the photos, like he wants to see who's in this photo. And then like we hear like a crash or something like a something move he turns around and it's the chucky doll and then he goes and he enhances the photos more and he sees it's the chucky doll that was masturbating and then he turns around and the doll's gone so obviously he's he's scared and chucky's hanging upside down with a knife ready to kill him and then glenn goes no and which scares the guy even more he falls into his like little area with all his like chemicals and then he gets like his face burned away with acid with acid and then chucky is so proud and takes a picture with glenn um during this whole thing and now they have like a little memento picture mm-hmm. yep um and then after that they uh get jennifer tilly pregnant and they make it seem like she uh spent the night with redmond and but then later, I think we time skip a few days, right? Well, no, I don't even think so. It's just the next day. Well, um, I think Chucky's the movie takes like place we're gonna have to. Days. Chucky's like we're gonna have to figure something out. Like um, it's gonna take a while, and she's like, "Silly Chucky, this is a voodoo pregnancy." It's and she wakes up. She wakes up like she wakes up the next day. They both wake up and they're kind of like, "Uh," and then but she then pukes in her purse. Redman says, "I can't." Then, then the she's dad. like, because she puked in her purse, she takes a pregnancy test, she's pregnant. She tells Redman, come over for dinner. And she's like, Redman, I'm pregnant. And he's like, mm-hmm, so, so what? Congrats. And congrats. <laughs> and she's like, Redman, I'm pregnant. And he's like, I had a vasectomy as soon as I came to Hollywood because I knew this would like stuff like this could happen. And she's like, well, I haven't slept with anybody else. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's not mine. And uh, Tiffany gets pissed off. Yeah, she's confused. She's like, what a jerk. So then Jennifer Tilly's going to be on the phone. And while she's on the phone, Tiffany goes underneath the table, scares Raymond to death, and disembowels him. Yeah. And he dies sitting at the table. To, um, Jennifer well, like, Tilly- the gut, like the intestines fall on the yeah. floor and they sm- like are steaming. And Jennifer Tilly's like, you can let yourself out. I'm going. 
and she doesn't even see that he's he died but then you turn around and glenn is there and tiffany's like it was just a slip no need to tell your dad like she so i think like what i love about the tiffany character is that she on a surface level is like very sweet and like kind but then it's like when she gets mad about something that's when like the serial killer comes out i remember like at the very end of the chucky season one um spoilers but when andy drives the truck with all the chucky dolls and then like he hijacks the truck but then tiffany's the doll tiffany is in the background and she's like very kind to andy she's like i don't think we've met before (laughs) he's like my name's tiffany the doll not the person (laughs) (laughs) um i just thought like it's just it's it's fun it's very funny and then she like she's worried i think this movie runs really quick it does run really it's a fast-paced movie because she like before she kills redmond she calls that hotline and says i think i'm gonna have a slip and they think she's talking about alcohol and they give her like the okay it's okay rome wasn't built in the day it's is fine. that in poor taste yes um <laughs> i thought about that i was too. like, like oh, rome wasn't taste. built in, a, in the day they're talking about like other things like, like not serious like serious like they're talking about like drugs and alcohol addiction she's like talking about her addiction to killing people yeah and like the, the whole like, the gag of it being like miscommunication and yeah relating so the two she, and it's in a little poor taste he disem- he's disemboweled once glenn sees it his eye kind of like you see the beginning of the personality starting to like diverge every time you get like the the eye twitch um and it's just like kind of like it's a eye twitch that's like okay something's something's wrong with this kid yeah where uh wire is loose you know um we have then the next day jennifer tilly wakes up full pregnant full heavily pregnant where she she's like freaking out um she calls her like manager and she's like, I'm I'm fat, like blah blah blah, all this stuff. And then Tiffany gets on the line, and she's saying, uh, like it's like both of them are speaking. Oh, that's funny. I think that was yeah, that, a funny gag. That, that they was a did. funny gag. So that when Jennifer Tilly gets like hit over the head or like to go to sleep by Chucky, Tiffany continues the conversation as Jennifer Tilly. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. And we get Jennifer Tilly tied up and Chucky kind of saying, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I like so much want to be someone. She's like, well, I really want to be Jennifer Tilly. And Is this like, the first conversation that they have? The first the, conver- the first conversation they have, like, where's my body? It's like because he finds out that she killed Redman, like Redman. Oh, when he bangs on the, yeah. the closet. And he's like, what about my body? And she's like, I, I got someone. She calls the chauffeur. Yes. So the second conversation, that uh, the argument that Chucky and Tiffany have is like, Chucky's about to do the spell on the limo, limo driver. And like the police are coming. Like everyone's everything's ye- happening. Everyone's yelling the, at they're them. They're yelling at him to like, so you got hurry the, up. Um, Glenn and Glenda go through this like 
Well, the man, the manager oh, this comes. Is before. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. the manager Gosh, comes. I'm lost. The manager comes into the house. The alarm is tripped because she doesn't type in the code. She goes upstairs to see what's going on. She sees Jennifer Tilly. And then what we think is Tiffany hairspray and lighters her on fire. She falls off, dies because she <laughs> falls off the second floor balcony. And then Chucky's like, oh, it's okay, Tiffany. Like he's just trying Rome to. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, Rome <laughs> wasn't built in a day trying to help her. And then she turns around and it's actually Glenn in a wig. We meet Glenda, the split personality. Well, and before this, Glenn kind of goes crazy in that first argument that Tiffany and Chucky have when it's revealed they find out both have killed. And Glenn snaps and is like, what about what I want? Yeah, like, where he's like, I don't want to be a girl. And they're like, well, what do you want? And I don't feel like a girl. Sometimes I feel like a boy. And then we find out... An allegory for non-binary. Yes, but also I think they do like a DID kind of thing because like mm-hmm. the there's other so personality is it, is comes it, out. Is it DID? Is Glenn non-binary? Uh, or... I have no trans. idea. Trans? I don't know. It's very ambiguous. That, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like Don Mancini definitely has a voice here talking know, about LGBT issues, but it's like But it also could I, be mental it could be health. A lot of different things, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think we're very clear on and I think we'll get the answers in the Chucky show. season two because I think like in two thousand four the answers weren't very clear on that sort of stuff, but now they are in twenty twenty two. So Maybe we will get some answers as to, is it mental, you know, DID? Is it trans? Is it non-binary? Stuff like that. We'll see. Um, And then we get the scene where the cops are coming. Everyone's yelling at Chucky and he's like, ah, stop. I don't want to be, I want to be the killer doll. I'm a killer doll. Like, this is my thing. But Tiffany's like, Chucky, I don't want to be dolls. She's like, I want to be Jennifer Tilly. And I want our child to be well, and and this is like, where Chucky is different than we've seen Chucky. He's in the like past he's because confirmed. He's like, I don't want to be a person anymore. He's like, why would I want to be this chauffeur? Why would I want to be your driver when right now I'm an infamous infamous killer. killer? I'm a legend. I'm famous. You know, I'm Chucky the Killer Doll. And he's she like, kind of. Like and then Tiff- Tiffany says, "Well, I'm breaking up with you." And I'm, I'm taking the kid. And that Chucky goes apeshit. Berserk. Berserk. Chucky goes psycho. Because he says, no one leaves me and, like, lives. So then we get this whole, like, hospital s- scene where, like, he goes crazy. The, the cops come. They take the babies and they take um, Jennifer Tilly to the hospital. Jennifer Tilly just wants to see her babies. Um... And they're like, you're fine, but, like, you're not mentally cleared. And then we get Tiffany trying to put sleeping pills, like, sleeping stuff in the thing at the hospital. And Jennifer Tilly kind of faints. And she wants to do the... How I do a dumbbell. She gets... She's going through it. But then Chucky with a psycho-esque... Uh, 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 shining. The shining. Shining. Or, yeah, the shining-esque. <laughs> and I don't know. I haven't seen it. We'll uh, get there. And then he... he, he goes with an axe through the door and he's sticks his head and he's like i have nothing to say <laughs> and that's just like a <laughs> joke <laughs> and she does the awe due dumbbell 
Give me the power, I beg of you. Something else in French. Creole. And then yeah. uh, we don't know if it worked, but he gets Tiffany. Chucky axes her in the head. Yeah, and we think that's over. Mm-hmm. And then Glenn goes crazy. Goes crazy because that's mom. Yes, and but and this is so. I'm gonna bring it back to Buster Rhymes. When uh, when the author <laughs> <laughs> she just got it. So when I read that book, Taking Shape, random and they, karate, <laughs> and they talked about Halloween Resurrection which comes up before this movie they said the moment you have your characters karate flipping and doing karate on michael myers or whatever horror movie villain is the moment you know you've lost all integrity in this movie and i'm gonna relate that to seed of chucky just as how outrageous it was in halloween resurrections to see Buster Rhymes do karate on Michael Myers. It is equally as outrageous, and I we lose respect for the movie when this happens. To see Glenn f- doing karate flips and karate kicking Chucky to the ground. It's funny. Y- well, yeah, it's funny. I guess it's a little bit more palatable in this movie because this movie's a comedy than in halloween resurrection which was trying to take itself seriously and still have that but similarly you lose the integrity of your movie by having karate your opinion (laughs) but you like the karate i thought it was hilarious so once he does like this karate move it looks like someone was in a green like a green suit and was like like flipping a doll yeah like the front flips and everything yeah and it was like flipping the doll and then he just i bet that's exactly what happened i think that's how they did the running too they just had somebody in a green suit in a green suit running with the doll or like attached to yeah attached to the had the doll attached to someone in a green suit similar to how like the um uh, like the rap, those realistic raptor yes. costumes. And then th- those moving and running with it, and that's what it was. I bet that's how they did it. P- just dudes in green screen suits like green with morph things suits. attached things to them. Anyway, he does like flips. Frickin' he- sharks with frickin' laser beams then, attached to their uh, heads. He uh, chops off Chucky's arms and legs and head. And we end there. And then we get a cut five years later. It's a birthday party for Glenn and Glenda. We realized Jennifer Tilly is not Jennifer Tilly. It's Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly. She did become successful on transferring her soul. Mm-hmm. She also successfully transferred the soul of both Glenn and Glenda into the into babies. the babies, yeah. And they both have like this red hair. Chucky hair. Chucky hair. And we get the... Um, like the babysitter comes in and it's like, I cannot keep doing this. Glenn, he is an angel. Glenda, she looks at me with just this stare and she's, she's mean. And she's like, they oh, say there's something with animals. Something. Too. Yeah. She's like, something is wrong with her. Miss Tilly, blah, blah, blah. And Jennifer Tilly, Tiffany gets mad and kills her with the Tiffany doll. Yeah. And Glenda's watching the whole time and then we get like oh then we get the internal monologue of glenn and you see the little boy and 
he's like, my mom's really happy, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and then you get Jennifer Tilly, oh, Glenn, sweetie, there's a gift. And it doesn't have a, 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 like a note or a card or anything. And he opens it up and it's Chucky's arm. But the arm is still alive, right? Yeah. It jumps at yeah, him. Yeah. And he pees himself. And, he and pees that's himself. what we leave it as. Like Chucky's not gone. And that's the last thing that we get in the Child's Play franchise for almost 10 years. That's crazy. It's almost 10 years. The seed of Chucky is so poorly recepted that it almost kills the entire franchise. Sometimes movies do that. When a movie is so horribly recepted. I don't want to say bad. Because I don't think that seed of chucky is bad compared to the rest of the other ones because it's all crazy right but when a movie is so negatively received I think, honestly you want my opinion huh for the time period get closer to your mic for the time period it was too gay i don't even know about that i don't even think it was that gay <laughs> i really i don't i think it was just not what people wanted to see at that i think time. people were very much expecting to see a scary movie and a they got scarier a scarier movie. movie yeah and they got a comedy and of not a entirely well-made comedy i mean <laughs> i liked it i mean does it make my list no 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 does no. it make your list no, no 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 it doesn't make either of our lists it was a fun watch i mean it's a fun I watch did... to get to your next watch you know what i mean yes and i i don't remember curse all that well but i do remember it being darker i do remember it being less camp like taking itself seriously anti-camp um but do you think that this movie is camp or is it just a this, comedy this, this movie is bad <laughs> <laughs> I and I don't want to say bad because like I respect Don Mancini. Oh, so I love much. I love what this movie was trying to do. Yes. Do you think if this movie was made today, it would be better recepted or received? I keep saying received. We'd have to change a couple things. Well, yeah, the Japanese like yeah. stereotypical stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have um, to change a few things, but I think it's good. I think it was all over the place, but also. Um, I'm not going to disavow the movie because I think it's important. And I think that it is equally as important to acknowledge that this is still a single continuity. I How know. many movies make it five installments in? And there's something special continuity. about the Chucky continuity because we and they've go done a, such a good job protecting it, too. Because we get all the way to like a TV show. With the same continuity. Yeah. That's and it's really continuing cool. The continuity. And you get like returning actors. And that's why it's like, so uh, the, uh, the Chucky show takes place like uh, by the time uh, it's 2004 in Seed of Chucky. And then it time skips to 2009. And then it time skips again another 10 years to the Chucky show. So Glenn and Glenda are like 18, right? 17, 18 years old. And reintroducing those characters in the Chucky show as adults, I think is really, really intriguing to see what they do with them because Glenn and Glenda haven't had an opportunity to shine. They haven't touched on these characters and, 
years and years. I'm interested to see what they do with these characters. And to bring them back, but also bring them back in the in the frame that the Chucky show is in right now, rather than in the comedy that Seed of Chucky is, I'll be eager to see how seriously they take these characters, how much they've developed, how much of the comedicness is kept, and where the character goes. So, I don't know, something to cross again another day. Really liked it. Yes. Um, okay, so why don't we wrap it up, Bree? Okie dokie. So, thank you for listening and staying with us. I know this one was more of us bullshitting than anything else. This I don't movie think was we very, had much to Yeah, say. this movie was very straightforward. It was very fast-paced. I don't think at any point in this movie I was bored because it was there was always something going on. Um, so, thank you for sticking with us. Um, if you like what you hear, um, subscribe to us everywhere podcasts are made. We got Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google El Goog Google podcast um, if you have any suggestions for things that we should do in the future you can um, email us at reviewpodcast one at gmail.com and follow us on the Instagram at review underscore pod and then follow Anthony on Twitter for any updates at gldtv1 and to get a hold of me you have- I'm curious where you're gonna go with this one <laughs> To get a hold of me, you need to artificially inseminate... Oh, God, no. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. Someone. (laughs) (laughs) Then you must wait a couple days (laughs) for the voodoo pregnancy to be complete. And then out will pop me. And then we can have a a little chat. (laughs) That could have gone. I know. Much I, worse want, I wanted it. I thought to, it was going to go. I wanted to make keep it keep it okay. I mean, not exactly PG, but PG thirteen. And then you got to do karate. And, oh yeah, karate. Everyone knows karate. I have my Eagle Fang karate shirt. On. She is wearing a karate shirt. Eagle Fang karate. Yeah, Buster Rhymes karate. Um. Anyway, this has been fun. Our next one is what Anthony Curse of Chucky. So stay tuned next week. Again, be um, mindful that we will be going on a kind of a prolonged hiatus, maybe a couple weeks. We're not really doing much because we are getting married this month. We're getting married 14 days from when this podcast comes out. And I'm going to be very busy. He will be very busy. And then after we get married, we might just want to relax for a little bit. But keep up with us hopefully anthony starts posting on that instagram again Mm. so that you can get updates um thanks for listening to us this has been the review podcast i'm brie and i'm anthony and thanks for listening the review podcast yeah